and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. On the Weather of the Mind podcast, we're trying to bring you practical emotional health skills, practical skills, and during this time of corona, we're trying to be there and provide extra encouragement and support for enduring and learning and growing from this time. We talked a lot about framing in the first two Corona-themed episodes, framing the challenge, framing, framing, framing. Any challenge in our life is so much affected. We're so much affected by how we frame that challenge. So let me play this clip by Gov. This is from a news conference last Sunday, the 22nd of March, where Governor Cuomo, I think, did a great job of framing the challenge. You know, they talk about the greatest generation, the generation that survived World War II. Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. Life on the individual level, on the collective level, on the social level, life is not about avoiding challenges. Challenges are going to come your way. Life is going to knock you on your rear end at one point. Something will happen. And then life becomes about overcoming those challenges. That's what life is about. And that's what this country is about. America is America because we overcome adversity and challenges. That's how we were born. That's what we've done all our life. We overcome challenges, and this is a period of challenge for this generation. And that's what has always made America great, and that's what's going to make this generation great. I believe that to the bottom of my soul. We're going to overcome this, and America will be the greater for it. And my hope is that New York is going to lead the way forward. And together, we will. We grow from challenges. Challenges are inevitable. How we learn to deal with challenges will greatly determine the path, the paths of our lives. So this really is a very fascinating opportunity for learning and for growth. The things I really want to speak about today are rituals and rite of passage. Now, if you think of your life visually as almost like a solar system, where you have these cycles, right? So you have the cycle of the day. It's like a little circle. And you have a bigger circle or a bigger oval around that day. And that's the cycle of the week. And then you have a bigger oval around that, which is the month or the season and the year and your life and so on and so forth. Now, if you look at that weekly cycle or that daily cycle, there are rituals, places that you pass in that cyclical rotation that are consistent. Perhaps you wake up, have the morning coffee, and do the crosser puzzle every morning. So that would be a daily ritual. The Sabbath traditionally is a weekly ritual. So during that weekly cycle, one of those seven days is supposed to be a day of reset, a day of rest. Then you have your monthly or seasonal or yearly cycles, and you see different rituals for different seasons. 
I think it's very fascinating the timing of this challenge we're facing because it really does parallel the seasons. And and the seasons have been reinforced by spiritual festivals, festivals of death and rebirth, which is essentially the theme of the Lenten season. Lent being that Christian season, uh, symbolically 40 days before the rebirth of Easter. So it's a historically a period of asceticism, a kind of more simple giving things up type of period, a small death before a rebirth. There is a death and there is a coldness and there is a isolation to it, but it's followed by a rebirth, by a rebirth. So the idea is, I mean, the notion of, of Lent was putting ourselves in a state of challenge or just accepting, you know, throughout history, you'd have lower food supplies at this time of the year. So you would just have to take it easy and ration and just just make it to spring when the earth started providing and life came back together. So winter into spring is a natural death into birth period. And what's fascinating is this corona challenge, this isolation challenge is taking place at the appropriate time during the calendar. The time of historically meager food rations and pacing ourselves and making it through to the bountiful period of the spring. This is the small death into the small rebirth on the calendar. Now today, March 26, 2020, is a special day. This was supposed to be opening day of the Major League Baseball season. And for some of us, this is one of the most wonderful rebirth, mm, just waves of optimism and it's baseball season and there's going to be a game on the radio today or on the TV. I'm going to tune into the box scores. The ritual of that goes from spring until fall is back. Well, usually. So we're sacrificing. We don't have baseball today. But we can still reflect on how much joy that gives us. And this song pretty much encapsulates that, whoo, that feeling of springtime and hope and baseball. Let's let it run. You know this classic. That song gets me fired up. 
I'm going to make a Corona mix, you know, 15 bangers that kind of get me fired up. And I think this one's going to be on there. Get that spring energy pumping and look forward to baseball season when it hopefully returns in some format in June, if we're lucky. That was John Fogarty, center field from 1985. You recognize John Fogarty as the lead singer of CCR. So the rituals, the rituals of our days, the rituals of our weeks, the rituals of our seasons, baseball, periods of sacrifice, periods of rebirth. But one thing I wanted to focus on is this notion of a rite of passage. There was a period in my life where I studied rite of passage a lot because if you're thinking about the emotional life of a human, you have different stages, different stages where you're a child and you're within the nurture of the family and the extended family and the neighborhood or the village. And then you have periods where you go off and do different things on your own. Now, the rite of passage is, an, is a ritual that we, we would see cross-culturally, meaning when you look at rituals, a lot of them appear in, very, in, in different forms, but very much the same functional ritual cross-culturally. And the rite of passage ritual historically throughout human civilization was done close to the ages of physical maturation. Po like puberty and post right after puberty or during puberty, right? So imagine the human is very oriented as a child in society. But then their bodies go through this disruption, these tremors, these earthquakes. Things are changing, floods of hormones. The, the human is just going through fundamental transformation on a physical level. Now, this also reflects our minds and spirits. Throughout history, human cultures have created rituals. And the big ritual of the rite of passage. Now, the rite of passage was meant to guide, encourage, and nurture, but challenge the individual as they moved from childhood to adulthood. Now, if you look in society, we still have remnants of rites of passage. Certainly, uh, in Judaism, the bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah. In Christianity, rituals of communion and confirmation that occur during the teenage years. Some people say, you know, learning to drive and, and having ownership of a car. Then you can finally move as an adult moves. But I've made the argument for a while that our rites of passage are not strong enough. Because there's a few core elements to, all, to rites of passage historically that might help frame this better for us. One is that rites of passage focused on death and rebirth. There is an element of rites of passage where you are encouraged to let your earlier self die. So that something new can be reborn. Oftentimes people would receive a new name with a rite of passage. Because it was that significant. Little Dougie was going to go away and make room for this new person. Dougie Fresh. <laughs> so, but here's what would have happened. There would be a period of challenge. Often physical challenge. Weeks, months. Where you'd be sent off or sent on some physical quest. That would push you physically, emotionally, spiritually. 
When I was in Boy Scouts, we did something part of Order of the Arrow, which was kind of, which was like a secret society within Boy Scouts. And they had a rite of passage where you spent the night in the woods by yourself with, they just left you with like a blanket and an egg. <laughs> Not much, but it was more symbolic. It was, it was only one night, but the idea was you're on your own in the world. But then when things empty out and quiet sets in and anxiety might set in, the idea is that something in that darkness, you'll see some new lights. And those new lights are really valuable because that new light is showing you what's what's shining inside of you. And if we can build our adult lives where we touch that little fire inside of us, that we can plug into that, that's going to be the best for us individually and the best for society. That doesn't mean if you have that little flicker inside of you that says you need to be an impressionistic painter. Again, maybe there's something in there of value, but you have to look at it with broad lens. You have to take that spark, that fire, and then add some practical element to it. Perhaps if my calling, that little spark, was to paint impressionistic paintings, perhaps that's not a calling for a vocation, but a calling for an avocation. Our vocation is our primary daily activity. Perhaps where we, you know, where we make our living, and our avocation is is perhaps viewed as our our secondary calling, and this might be found through a space of hobby. This might be found in a space of recreation on our own with others. But maybe I found this spark that I wanted to be an impressionistic painter. So. Maybe I decide that, you know, from now on, I'm going to devote time to this because this is important. This really resonates with something inside of me. And if I'm resonating with something that's really pulsing inside of me, that's going to be good for me and it's going to be good for the world. Now, I think practically, do I want to incorporate this, this love of impressionistic painting to a career, to my work? Do I want to be an art teacher? Do I want to be an art therapist? Perhaps nothing of that. Perhaps I need to go deeper. What is, what's the emotion that's flickering? What's the emotion that might be turning me on to that impressionistic painting? So let's go over the core elements of rites of passage. One, you would be separated from the tribe. And you'd be encouraged and you'd be guided. That's one reason why I love doing this podcast is because I like to encourage and I like to guide and guide in the loosest of sense, just kind of point vaguely in this direction or that direction. That's why these podcasts aren't that long. I hope to just stimulate a few ideas with you and hopefully you wander, wander with them. And, and it's like we wandered together and had a bit of a conversation. So you're going to be separated from the tribe. It's going to be challenging, but you're going to be set up for this challenge. And you're going to know that even if you're on your own in the woods, even if you're on your own in your apartment right now, even if you're feeling a bit isolated alone, you have the support of the tribe. Others are with you together, though apart. So that's an important part of the rites of, rite of passage. As I understand them, they usually would be done with a cohort, with a, a group even if they would have a strong elements of being alone, there would be silly moments of camaraderie and support. 
So the camaraderie, the support, the separation from the tribe, death and rebirth, mentorship and guidance, and just disruption, the disruption and chaos. The idea of the rite of passage is we're pulling you away from normal life so that your old self can die and something new can be reborn. Now, I'm not saying this to be overdramatic. Obviously, when you see me in a few months from now, I'm still going to be Doug. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows what I learned? This massive disruption is is nothing normal, is completely abnormal and completely disruptive. But it is turning into a widespread rite of passage. So when we think of these different levels of our life, think about the rituals of our week. Maybe even sketch that out. The circle of the week, of the month, of the season, like a little solar system, these images. And if we look at the bigger circle, the circle, so we're going from week, and we're going outward to a bigger, oh, I do them like ovals, week, to, se- to month, to season, to year, to life. Well, in that life circle, that life oval, you could put a little mark. There's a great disruption. It takes place in winter, spring, 2020. There's a visual, a way of framing this, a way of considering our rite of passage, the rite of, the corona rite of passage. That's what we'll call this, perhaps, the Corona Rite of Passage. So on this opening day of baseball, which we are giving up for the benefit of Corona, on our Rite of Passage missions, alone but together, encouraged and supported, solidarity from afar, framing, 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 Thinking about rituals and rites of passages. And I must give a shout out to my beloved Queens down in New York City. New York City as a whole, but especially Queens. We'd be there today watching DeGrom on the mound, starting for our beloved Mets. But instead, Queens is is being hit hard right now. We're starting to see the numbers go up. So let's keep... Everyone in thoughts and prayers. Oh, and before we go, I am finally sharing my projects and work and this podcast over Instagram. So if you're on there, please connect. We're at at weather of the mind on Instagram. Let's keep living and learning. Try to eat healthy. We need to be strong in case the virus hits us. Stay hydrated. Stay well rested. And keep your stress levels down as much as possible. Just stand up and dance 15, 20 minutes a day. Take care of yourself. I'll be back soon. Much love. Bye-bye.